And now, another timely and powerful message from Pastor Emmanuel Williams and Imitators of God Ministries, Colossal Vivacious Church in Tallahassee. If you would turn your Bibles to Numbers chapter 6, verse 22, let's read our text. What I want to do, I want to read this particular text and then introduce some of the information we spoke about last week. But... This is a very familiar text. We, this is our benediction. We say it every Sunday at the end of the service. Um, I was talking to God about starting 2024 right. And it came to my, the Lord gave me select scripture verses. Amen. For us to say. And he said to me, I need you to start with the benediction. And if you... Look at this particular text. Many commentators refer to it as the Our Father of the Old Testament. In the New Testament, in Matthew chapter 6, verse 10, Jesus taught his disciples to pray. You remember that? So we have an Our Father in the New Testament. Many scholars believe this particular text is the Old Testament Our Father. It came from God himself. Think about it. God came up with this idea. To tell the priest to put this, say this, on his children. And when you do that, that's how you put his name on his children. <laughs> Are you getting what I'm saying? The Bible says in Psalms 124 verse 8, don't turn there. It says our help is in what? The name of the Lord. And God said when you say this blessing, that's how you put my name on my people. And so he said to me, I need you to start saying this particular, sorry, start uncovering the text, line upon line, precept upon precept. Yes, we say it, but after we are done examining the text, you'll say it differently. You'll know what you're saying. Are you with me, saints? Let's read the text quickly. Numbers chapter 6, verse 22. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Can you say, saying? Say. Yeah, that's very important in Christendom. Saying. What, what he said, what did the Lord say to Moses? Verse 23. He said to Moses, Speak unto Aaron, tell Aaron and his sons, saying, You see the word saying again? Amen. God is telling us something. On this wise meaning, in, on, in, this is the way, this is the manner you shall bless the children of Israel. What word comes again? My Lord, I give you praise. God is up to something. Saying, what? The Lord bless thee the and keep thee. Verse 24, the Lord make his face shine upon thee and be gracious to thee. The Lord lift his countenance upon thee and give you peace and we know that peace is shalom nothing missing like you know broken and verse 27 says so shall you put my name and they shall put my name upon the children of Israel and I will what bless them, bless them. that word bless is a powerful word amen so so last week let me just mention some of the things we discussed last week because brothers and sisters as I, I brought to your attention last week there are certain objections I was dealing with because this particular text says, you shall put my name upon the children of Israel. And as I told you last week, there are some, some of us who are in Christendom seems to think that that is reserved only for the children of Israel. 
You remember we said that? They said, well, this is for the Israelites. That's not for us. And so we had to overcome that objection. You remembered. We said a true Jew is not somebody who was born in Jerusalem. According to the Bible. Don't you forget. That's what we said. I didn't say that. The Bible says in Romans. Can, you, can we go to the text one more time? Can we go to Romans chapter 2 verse 28 and 27? And let us see whom the Bible says a true Jew is. Praise God. Are we ready? Romans chapter 2 verse 28 and 29. And I'm just reviewing some of the material. Verse 28 reads. For he is not a Jew which is one outwardly neither is that circumcision which is outward in the flesh so not because you are circumcised you're a jew it's not a jew is not somebody you identify on the outward <laughs> hello somebody the, who, who's saying that is this man or is god god is saying that he's telling you who a true jew is and which is outward in the flesh. And when outward in the flesh means circumcision of, of the males used to be circumcised. Amen. Amen. And last week I, I made that point. I don't want you to miss it. This could never hold because women could not be circumcised. And God is no respect of persons. You cannot exclude women. Uh, amen. Are you with me? Or some of you behaving like you. Because if you do that, that's practicing partiality. And the Bible tells us in Romans chapter 2 verse 11, God is no respect of persons. And some of you cannot say amen. You'll say amen later. But let's continue. Who Verse 29 says, but he is a true Jew. Here is God's definition. Verse 29 of whom a true Jew is. A true Jew is one which is inwardly. And the circumcision is that of the heart. In the spirit and not in the letter whose praise is not of men but of God are you with me so a true Jew is somebody who's born again whose spirit has been changed amen a true Jew we said is one who is one who've experienced second Corinthians chapter 5 verse 17 any human being in Christ is a what new, new creature <laughs> all the things are passed away anybody here feel new this morning yes any man any human being in Christ if you experience that new spirit the Bible calls it the spirit of Christ if the spirit of Christ dwells in you you're a true Jew come on say I'm a true Jew tell your neighbor I feel Jewish yeah yeah you got to say it loud say it say it say it amen say it and let the devil get mad Glory be to Jesus. Oh, blessed be the name of Jesus. I get up in the morning, last Monday, I say, God, I feel Jewish this morning. The fast begun. That's how a true Jew feels. Bless God. <laughs> Hallelujah. Anybody love the Lord this morning? Yes. The thing is easy. Stop complicating it. It's very easy. If you just go through the Bible, every answer you'll have, every answer you need is right there. Do not go around the mountain over and over again in 2024. It is too late for that. Hear me. Seek truth. And decide to put time aside to seek it. And take no shortcuts. Amen. Let me say that again. Take no shortcuts. Don't settle for any shortcuts. Amen. You'll miss out. Yeah. I don't want anything on a platter. Because if I get it on a platter, I have not developed the character I needed. Let me say it again. If I get it on a platter, 
I will not have developed the character that's necessary to get it. And so I won't value it. Are you getting what I'm saying, saints? The very, first, the very first qualification for minister, look, it's always before my face. Every morning I get up. The very first qualification for minister is he is that he or she must beyond, must be beyond reproach. You don't think that First uh, Timothy chapter 3, you don't think, you don't sound like you believe me. First Timothy chapter 3 verse 1. First Timothy chapter 3 verse 1. I hold that before my face every day and I pray. After I hold that, I pray Second uh, uh, Corinthians 10, 13. They have no temptation overtaken me, but such as is common to men. A man went through that and conquered. I can go through it in Christ and conquer. Are you with me? Bless God. I feel the Lord. First, Corinthians, First Timothy chapter 3. I think I'm talking too fast. First Timothy chapter 3. You got it? Is it verse 1? Can you go to verse, First Timothy chapter 3? No, that's chapter 1. First Timothy 3, verse 1. Let's read. This is a true saying. If a man, the word man here is human being, not a male man. Are you with me? Desire the office of a bishop. He desireth a good work. Verse 2. A bishop then must be what? That's what, I'm that's what I'm looking for. The first qualification for a minister is that he or she, not they go to seminary. Not they have a degree in theology. Because Proverbs 22 verse 1 tells us, a good name is rather to be chosen. A what? A good name is rather to be chosen than great riches. Love in favor rather than silver and gold. A good name and love in favor. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, so it says here, it says here, it must be what? Blameless. And of course, they are the, the husband of one wife. Amen. Not is one wife. Amen. One wife. I have friends said to me, one wife at a time. Well, that's up to you. <laughs> it's amazing the kind of things you meet out there. Praise God. Amen. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Anyhow, can we go back to our text? <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So we are told here, we are told here what a true Jew is. Amen. So this particular blessing is not reserved only for the Israelites. Can you say amen? Amen. 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 Not only that, they claim that because we are not priests, we shouldn't say that. Well, we debunked that particular claim, didn't we? We said a priest, we've been made. Can you go to First Peter 2, 2 9? First Peter 2 9. There is a question that was asked to me last week. I want to get to, but I need to go through this right here. Amen. First Peter 2 9 tells us, but you are a chosen generation. A what? You are a royal priesthood. Can you say I'm royalty? Yes, yes. Saints, you and I must keep, we must endeavor to keep a heavenly perspective. My prayer every day is God help me see me, help me see me the way you see me. That's right. Amen. Lord, help me see me the way you see me. Because, because I know me. Mm -hmm. I got issues. But if I can see me the way you see me. <laughs> oh, bless the Lord of oh my soul. Maybe I can start doing the works that Jesus did. Are you getting what I'm saying? So my praise, God help me see. Because the Bible tells us we are a royal priesthood. Not just priests, but royal. We are royalty. And because of that, we can bless ourselves. Can you say, I can bless myself? Because I'm a priest. 
Jesus made me a priest. Amen. Oh, hallelujah. Jesus made me a priest. Oh, bless the Lord. Individually, we are priests, and every husband is the priest of his house. Can you say amen or amen? amen? But individually, we are priests. Praise the Lord. And I'm saying every husband because a man has the responsibility to go to God on behalf of his family. Amen. While every member can go to God on their behalf, he has the responsibility, amen, to go to God on their behalf. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Praise you know, there is a verse I have been wrestling with. I'll bring it to your attention some of the time. But it talks about, you remembered when Jesus was when Caiaphas, the high priest, was discussing Jesus and he said, it is fit that a man be sacrificed. You remember for, for the people? You remember he said that? He was prophesying and he didn't even know that. He was saying that is the way it should be that a man must sacrifice for the entire nation. He was talking about Jesus. Do you know that's the way every husband should be to their family? Do you know that's the way every pastor should be to their church? And I have been wrestling with that. I say, God, help me understand that. Not only help me understand it, help me live it out. That's a level of sacrifice you're going to do on your own. Can I be honest with you? Well, let me move along. Let me move along. I'll be honest with you later. Amen? Some of you looking at me so serious. Oh, hallelujah. Anybody love Jesus Christ? Amen. Amen. So, so, so we've debunked this particular objections. What I want to do, somebody asked me a question last week. Because I said, look, it's not just saying. We saw how many times God said, you got to say, you got to say, you got to say. Amen. And I've met a lot of brothers and sisters who said to me, Pastor, I've been saying and I ain't seen nothing. Excuse my vernacular. I'm not saying anything. Mm? And so we concluded that it's not just saying. When you say it's got to come from a heart full of faith. Right. <laughs> oh, bless the Lord. Are you with me, saints? And they, so, so, so we looked at uh, Mark chapter 11, verse 22. That's the text we left of discussing. Can you go to Mark chapter 11, verse 22? I made a statement when I read that. I said, this is the prerequisite for saying. This is the criteria you must meet before you can set some things and see things happen. Uh, it's right here. It says, and Jesus answering saith unto them, have what? And the question came, Pastor, where they said, Pastor, how are you sure that the criteria for verse 23 and 24 is this verse right here? Because verse 23 says, if you shall say, Jesus said, verily, he said, for real, for real. If you shall what? Say unto this, unto, oh. uh-huh, uh-huh, and do not what? Be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea and shall what? Not doubt in his heart. You see, we're talking about the heart. But shall believe that those things which you saith shall come to pass. You shall have whatsoever. Is God, look, you, you notice Jesus did not pull any punches. Let me say that again. He did not pull any punches, Mrs. Brown. He went straight. He didn't care. It was getting late and people needed the truth. I'm talking too fast. Am I talking too fast? It was getting late and Jesus needed to tell people the truth. He said you can have whatsoever you need. But it has to be, let's, let's be wise, it has to be within the covenant. 
Let me say it again. It has to be what? That is why it's important to have God's desires in your heart. Mm -hmm. So when you say what you got to say, automatic is going to come to pass. Mm -hmm. A poor sister heard this right here. Whatsoever you desire, when you pray, and uh, I, I know you've heard the story, but I'm going to tell it to you again. Uh, 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 how many have heard of uh, Pastor Copeland? The, Kenneth Copeland. There was a young, uh, a young female who loved Kenneth Copeland. Well, Kenneth is married to Gloria Copeland. He's married to whom? Gloria Copeland. So the young lady said, well, he said, whatsoever I desire when I pray. And she said, this is who I desire. Kenneth Copeland. So Kenneth told her, what am I going to do with Gloria? <laughs> because I'm married to Gloria. Uh, so they said, well, she's just waiting for Gloria to die. She hasn't died. So I suppose she's still waiting. That's why I said it has to be within the, it has to be within the, the, the sense. Are yeah, you getting me? You see, that is why we need to move from 1 Corinthians 13, 11. When I was a child, I spoke on the stood and thought as a child. We need to grow. And not hurt ourselves. And disappoint ourselves. And so the person asked, Pastor, how do you know? How do you know? Because uh, that person thinks that they've been, look, look, they've been, they have a list of confessions. How many of you have a list of confessions? Some of you are afraid to say that. Look, I have a list. Let me put my. <laughs> but that individual said, Pastor, I've been confessing for years. And I'm, I haven't seen a thing as yet. How many of you would agree that if you keep saying something and doing something and you're not getting the results, you might get frustrated? Jesus knew that. You know what Jesus did, Pastor Webb? To give the disciples a taste of power. The Bible says in Luke chapter 10, Luke chapter 10, chapter 10, sorry, even before the Holy Ghost came, he gave them power. He said, you need a taste of that stuff. You, you, are you seeing what I'm saying? We know he gave it to them. It didn't last because they tried to lay hands on the guy. After when Jesus went on the Mount of Transfiguration with Peter, James, and John, nine pastors down there. Glory be to God. And a man brought his son. And said, can you lay your hands on my son? And Thaddeus stepped forward. <laughs> and he laid hands. Nothing happened. The guy started to twist and Thaddeus ran. <laughs> Are you <getting laughs> But Jesus, <laughs> that's a, but Jesus knew how important it is. Amen. To test. And he gave them power. And they said, they came back happy. They said, Lord, we saw Satan falling like lightning. But they had not received the Holy Ghost as yet. So I'm saying this because many of us we've been saying and confessing and nothing is happening. And it does something to your belief. Mm -hmm. It does something to your belief. One day you're going to say, does that work? Because no human being is going to stay in an area where they experience failure indefinitely. Mm -hmm. 
Uh, let's, can, I, can, I, can we be honest? Nobody's going to stay where you're not seeing results indefinitely. You're going to move away or get very disappointed. You might come to church, no passion. Well, I'm just doing it. I gotta, I, you know, I got to put my time in. Praise the Lord. You know, I need to keep that fire insurance. <laughs> Praise God. <laughs> but as for all in, mm -mm, I tried that. I tried this and for years. You know, you know, I, you know, I got like that. I got like that at a certain time. Until a couple years ago, God showed me. This is the criteria. You haven't met. Yeah, you've been doing 23 and 24. But 22, you have met that criteria. Can you say amen? And the person said, how do you pastor? How can you say that? Hurt and disappointed. Now, I went home. I took that to God in prayer. I know what God said to me back then. But how do I explain what the person said? And God spoke to me clearly. He said, Emmanuel, if the answer was just saying, I would have not. I would have jumped from verse 21 to verse 23. Can you go to verse 21? Can you go to verse 21? Verse 21. You, you, you know of that story, right? Verse 21. And Peter calling to remembrance saith unto him, Master. You know the story. I don't have to go back. Yeah. Amen. Jesus had cursed the fig tree. It looked like nothing happened. Amen. You remember that? They went up to Bethany. Nothing, it looked like nothing happened. And the disciples, all of them are quiet saying, we know that's not working. <laughs> Nobody's saying a thing, but everybody's thinking. We're saying, man, where's his power? Well, there's a, there's a short, there's a, a short circuit somewhere. And Jesus, Jesus didn't address it, he just moved. He just moved forward. Praise God. But next day, they came back down. And that very tree, Jesus cursed, was dried up from the root. And I said last week, the reason why we know it was dried up from the root is because it was dried up so much that the wind blew and threw it over so they could see the root. And so that's when Peter said, Peter called to remembrance what Jesus did, saying, Master, behold, the fig tree which thou cursed is withered away. And they're excited finally because they see. Yeah. Mm, finally, jump over to verse 23, not verse 22, jump over to verse 23. Verse 23. If G now, if the aim was to teach them how to talk, Jesus would not have said verse 22. He would just have said, for very well I say unto you, that whosoever shall say unto the mountain. But he didn't jump there. He stopped at verse 22. He was saying, let me give you the prerequisite to be able to do 23 and 24. And what's the prerequisite? Can you go to verse 22? Verse 22, here is it. Jesus said, have faith. Yes, <laughs> so this is the answer to the question if Jesus's aim was to tell them just to say he would have said whatsoever you say but he didn't say that he said have faith <laughs> he said have what faith in God the Bible says in Romans chapter 12 verse 3 to every man is given the measure of faith I want you to understand that. Everybody got a teaspoon when they got saved. Can you say the measure? The measure every one of us got was what? A teaspoon. Can you say a teaspoon? Yeah. Now it's your responsibility to turn it into a bucket full. 
<laughs> you get what I'm saying? Oh, glory be to Jesus. You remember the disciples asked Jesus to increase their faith. You remember that? They said, Jesus, can you increase? They, they were so impressed with what Jesus was doing. They said, can you increase our faith? Jesus did not even take that. <laughs> Jesus is something else. I read the Bible, Pastor Webb, and I just laugh. Because the way Jesus is dealing, the increase our faith, increase your faith. You want me to lay hands on you? That, it doesn't work that way. You don't come down the aisle and somebody say, receive the faith of God. It doesn't work that way. But how many of you know that's how we've been, that's how we've been, I hate to say taught. But that's the truth. It doesn't work like that in Christendom. And that is why we have the problem. Because you and I don't realize, realize we have a responsibility to grow our faith. Can you say grow our faith? Grow. We have that responsibility. And we must be told to do that. That's why every time Jesus healed, and healed he said, it's according to your? That's what he said. It's according to what? Yeah. In other words, you've taken some time to cultivate your belief in God. Some of us are so careless, we don't take time to do that. And we believe we can just walk up and lay hands. No, it, no, it doesn't work that way. Let me say, it doesn't, it doesn't work that way. That is why the prerequisite is have faith in God. Let me show you, I, I, let me show you this in the Bible. Let me show you how Jesus responded to the disciples. The 12 apostles, when they asked him to increase their faith. Can you go to Luke chapter 17? Luke chapter 17 verse 5 and 6 and let's see how Jesus answered because brothers and sisters in 2024 I am asking you to work on increasing your faith in God mm -hmm. so when you begin to say the Lord bless me and keep me the Lord make his face to shine upon me it will not be only talk you will see yourself blessed indeed Amen. Mm? It says here, and the apostles said, 12 of them came to Jesus. So Jesus, Jesus spoke, and then they had what we called a uh, uh, um, question and answer session. You know when you pull away, what, how we call it again? Oh, yeah, yeah, they were, had a small debriefing. They were debriefing. So they asked Jesus, hey, Jesus, there's no Pharisee, no Sadducees. Can you increase our faith? And Jesus said to them in verse 6, can you go to verse 6? Let's see. Jesus answered them indirectly. Jesus didn't say, form a line, one by one. He didn't say that. He said, and the Lord said, if you have faith as what? As a grain of mustard seed, you might say unto this sycamine tree, be thou plucked up by the root, and be thou planted in the sea, and it should obey you. That's what Jesus said. Jesus didn't answer them. Notice the Bible didn't say Jesus answered and said. No, what he said, the Lord said. He didn't say the Lord answered. This is what Jesus said. Jesus said, some of you are trying to take a shortcut. Yeah, you're trying to take a shortcut to this right here. But you're going to take a shortcut. He said, notice what he's talking about. He said that if you have faith as a grain of what? Mustard seed. He said if you have faith as a grain of a mustard seed, you got to cultivate it. And you got to guard it. You got to water it. Amen. He said, you got the seed. And how many of you got muscles? How many of you got muscles? Some of us see the muscles. Some of us don't see anything. <laughs> Praise the Lord. 
<laughs> Praise the Lord. Is the muscle there or the muscle there? The muscle there. How comes you are not seeing it? You haven't worked it out. You haven't gone to the gym. <laughs> it has not been cultivated. Can somebody say work? Work. Yeah, you want to see that muscle? You better go in the gym. And Mm, you got to do some curls to get that muscle right here. Amen. Ah, bless the Lord. You see that, that V that comes in the back? You got to do some pull-ups. Can somebody say walk? Same thing with building your faith. Jesus said to get that kind of faith, you got to become a farmer. You got a little seed. Can you say seed type of faith? That's what I call, that's what I call a teaspoon. Jesus, you got a teaspoon? Because to every man has been given the measure. Don't come asking me for a shortcut. Cultivate it. Sow it. Amen. And this is what he meant by sowing it. When, you, when you're building your faith, you see something in the Bible. And God, you know sometimes when you read God's word. I, I remember the Brandon, when I began reading God's word. And I get that revelation. I had to meet that criteria. I asked God, as I'm reading the word of God. Can you show me what I have to do so I can increase my faith in God? And all of a sudden, I began reading the Bible, uh, Pastor Webb, and certain, certain scriptures just started yelling at me. Just started yelling at me. And these are things I had to do. Now, I have a choice. I could do it or not. If I don't do it, I'm still going to have little faith. But if I do it, then my belief in God is going to increase. Are you getting me? And so as I began to read, a scripture would yell, and God would say, do it. Yell, do it. And after a while, oh, bless God, I began to see results. But I thought, well, I just walked down the line and somebody lay hands on me until I get bullheaded <laughs> and receive, receive faith, increase faith. Are you with me? Just lay it on me, Pastor. <laughs> you all know that's how we were taught, right? And for years, for years, for years, for years, we've been in church and over and over and we come disappointed. We are not engaged. Listen to me. Hear me. There is no way you can have the spirit of God in you. You can have the Holy Ghost rever reverberating in you and be passionless. It's impossible. Impossible. Not, look, you don't want to, you don't want to do something to a demon. Uh, you'll want to see results somewhere, somehow, somewhere. You'll just get tired of failing. And so that is what Jesus, the, 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 that is what, so, to, so to, answer, to answer that person's question, I know the person is listening. That is how we know this is the criteria. Jesus didn't jump from verse 21 to 23. He stopped at verse 22. And he said, you must have what? Faith in God. You must have faith what? In God. So we just looked at the measure of faith. The measure of faith, Romans chapter 3 verse 2. We looked at disciples asking God to increase their faith. And now we know how faith, yeah, how faith is increased. Yeah, thank you. Romans chapter 10 verse 17 says, faith comes by what? Hearing. And hearing. In other words, in other words you, don't just, you don't just walk upon faith after you get saved. No, 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 no. No, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got to spend some time. 
in the word. You got to log your hours in. And when you do log your hours in and God begin to shine the light of heaven on verses, do it. Don't talk about, well, I've been, I've been a Christian for so long, you know, I've been, uh, you know, and so on and so forth and so on. 2024 is about, it's 2024 going to pass away just like that. And I believe, how many of you sense that there is something unique about this year? I believe this is a year really of a second chance. I really believe that in my spirit. I believe it, this is a year of a second chance. And we better get our stuff together. Amen? In other words, get our sick together. Mm. So, Jesus was approached by a centurion. You remember that? And the centurion told Jesus, I thank you for offering to come to my house, but there is no need. Just speak the word. And my servant will be healed. The man hasn't been to church. <laughs> Elder Pauline, the centurion, these guys, they don't go to church. He is a soldier in the Roman army. And Jesus said, this man had great faith. Now that puzzled me. That, that Wouldn't that puzzle you would? For a man who doesn't go to church. For Jesus to look at that man. And say this man has great faith. He looked at his disciples and says, <laughs> Well, can we do the centurion first? Because there is a point here I want to bring to attention. Can you go to Matthew chapter 8 and verse 5? And let's read. Amen. You know, glory be to God. I want to I want to get into, I want to get to where I can unpack the verses so bad, but I need to address these. And it's so important. And when Jesus was entered into Capernaum, there came unto him a centurion beseeching him. So the guy came asking Jesus, can you go to verse 6, beseeching him and saying, Lord, my servant lieth at home sick of the palsy, grievously tormented. A demon is possessing the person. Uh, in other words, the servant was possessed by a demon and they had uh, uh, epilepsy. Uh -huh. And Jesus said unto him, I will come and heal him. Jesus said what? I'm coming home. Listen to the centurion. Lord, I'm not worthy that thou should come under my roof, but speak the word only, and my servant shall be healed. Listen, listen, listen. Listen to Jesus' response. Verse 9. What did Jesus say? He, he, the centurion said, For I am a man under Lord have mercy. That statement, that statement, I've been wrestling with that statement. He said, I am a man under authority. And because I'm a man under authority, I understand how authority works. Right. Nobody questions that command, the command that comes down the chain. That's right. Nobody, would you were part of the military, right? You were? Do you, did you ever question the command that comes down the chain? No. Is sir, yes, sir. Mm? The man is relating to how faith works, to how authority works. Oh, oh, how much I wish we understand what is what Jesus is communicating here. 
He said, I'm a man under authority, having soldiers under me. And I said to this man, go, and he goeth. And to another, come, and he cometh. And unto my servant, he said, do this, and I do that. He said, because I'm under authority, when I issue a, a command, everybody obey. He said, I suspect, Jesus, you're under authority. <laughs> and if you say the word, oh, God, I give you, you, you what the... <laughs> That is why, one of my prayers years ago when I understood that is, God, help me stay under authority. Help me stay under your authority. Because it becomes very easy, amen, to qualify to use authority. Are you getting what I'm saying? That is why as you read in 2024 and God begins to put light on certain verses, do it. Because as you do it, you find yourself under God's authority. And it becomes very easy to speak the word and see things change. Oh, and Jesus said to the man, hey, hey, hey. He said, he said, when Jesus heard it, he marveled and said to them that followed, Verily I say unto you, I have not found so great faith. Jesus, are you getting what I'm saying, saints? Jesus said, hey, what I'm looking for, I found it from an unsave, a Gentile. That level of submission to authority, that level of understanding how authority, how power works within the rank of authority. That's how power flows. It flows within that ranking. When I understood that, my prayer changed. God, help me stay on authority. That ranking is so important. That's what Jesus said to the man. And the man said, you don't have to come home. Amen? <laughs> oh, never put his foot in church. He's never gone to church. And Jesus looked around and told his disciples, oh my God, I haven't found so much great faith in Israel. I do come to Capernaum. Are you getting me saying? So when people ask, when, when the person, wonderful question, I should say, how many of you think that's a very good question? I think it's a very good, it's an honest question. Pastor, how is it that you can say this is the criteria when I have been when I have been saying all these things all these years? And the reason why we don't see this is because we haven't cultivated our measure of faith given. When everybody says, listen to me, when you get saved, you didn't just decide, okay, I'm going to get saved today. You didn't get up and say, today, I'm going to walk down and get saved. No, no, you were captured. Your life was interrupted somewhere. Some of us grew up in church, like me, amen? But my mother's faith was interrupted. My mother's lifestyle was interrupted. Mm, and so the family benefited from that. Praise God. That's how it happens. Some of us, we listen to a television program. Or listen to the radio station. How many of you know what I'm talking about? That's how you get saved. You didn't decide this today, January 21st. I'm going to get saved. Nobody does that. For that matter, the Bible says, you are dead in trespasses and sins. So that ability to believe, God has to give you that ability. It is called the measure of faith. Everybody gets the measure of faith. So they can get saved. That's why I call it teaspoon faith. It's what? Teaspoon faith. When you get saved now, 
You and I have a responsibility to cultivate our faith. If you do not do that, you'll be a frustrated Christian. You'll be disappointed. You'll be what? Disappointed. You know how I know? I was disappointed. I was what? Disappointed because I thought somebody had to lay hands on me. Mm, so I can, my faith could increase. You saw what Jesus did. He told the guys, you need to cultivate the faith you get. Don't come asking me to lay hands on you to increase your faith. Mm? You need to cultivate the little you have. You need to do Romans 10, 17. Faith comes by hearing. And hearing the word. And hearing the word. And, 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 and let me add, not only hearing the word now. It comes especially when you read the word loud to yourself at the house. Let me say that again. Do what? Read. Now, some of you are still taking shortcuts. I still have people. I'm talking too fast. I still have folks calling me and telling me, Pastor, I'm listening to the word. Look, look, what, what is wrong with us? I'm listening while I'm driving. That is not reading. Let me share a scripture with you to show you how you got to read, why you got to read God's word. Can you go to Hebrews 4.12? Still, how many years have been touting that? Years. Sit down and read. There is something I, look. <laughs> Hebrews 4.12. Let me show you this right here. Here is why you must read the word. God showed that to me a couple years ago. The Bible says, for the word of God is what? The word. The word, word here, there are two words in Greek for word. One is logos. The other is rhema. Logos is the Bible right here. Rhema is the spoken word. This word here is the spoken word. For the spoken word of God is what? Quick. Not the listening word of God. Still calling me, asking me for a shortcut. What is wrong with us? You have to discipline yourself. Sit down. And start reading. Read loud enough so you can hear yourself. And as you're doing that, listen to me, as you're doing that, as you take your breath and you put on God's word, it becomes rabor. And notice what it's able to do. The Bible says it is quick. Then it becomes alive. It is powerful. It energizes. And the sharper, it's able to cut more than a two-edged sword. It pierces even to dividing asunder. Listen, there are some, there are some soul ties. That we are still holding on to. There are some things that have impacted our souls. As you read God's word. The Holy Ghost shows up. With a spiritual machete. And begin to cut things and deliver you. That doesn't happen in church. You hear me? That doesn't happen here for 45 minutes. That is why you have people coming here. And they, they, they never change. Because they think coming here is going to change you. No we come here because that's when we are officially the body of Christ. And God has a way of knitting us together. That's why we come together. Amen. That's what, but, but, but you have a responsibility at the house. Mm -hmm. To invest in, in, in God's word. And give the Holy Ghost a chance. You ask how do I know. Let me, let me tell you uh, how do I know. I know because I've, I've had men come in the office here and say to me. Pastor uh, can you help me. Can you pray for me. You know I have this particular habit. I have that particular habit. I've been to so many counselors. And while I'm talking. When he tell me. When the guy said to me. I've been to so many counselors. I got intimidated. I'm saying who am I. You've been to counselors. And I whisper, Holy Ghost, can you help me? And instantaneously, 
Psalms 119 verse 9 and 10. Wherewith shall a young man cleanse his ways? By taking heed. Mm, I say, Pastor, I need to be cleansed. I need some things to be cut from me. There's some ties in the spirit. I cannot cut them myself. There is a way of thinking that overtakes me every time. And when I think that way, it drives me to behave a certain way. Pastor, how can I be free from that? Some of you think the world got it going on. They don't have it going on. Don't let them fool you. When they shake whatever they have to shake in the public, when they go in the room, in the bedroom, they ask themselves the questions. Why am I like that? Why can't I change? What's wrong with me? While Christians sleeping wonderfully. <laughs> Don't get jealous of these people. Are you with me? Don't let the devil fool you and let you think they're happy. They are not happy. They got issues. They're thinking while you and I are having a good sleep. Well. <laughs> is Jesus Christ wonderful or is he wonderful? Can you say is he wonderful? He's wonderful. He's wonderful. He's a, he's a wonderful savior. L listen, if you hunger down this year, 2024, and say, God, I have been around that circle for 40 years. I've been going around that mountain for 40 years. I have seen in the Bible where I can pronounce blessing on myself as a priest. But I want to start seeing results now. Mm-hmm. Now is the time to do it. Now is the time to spend the time. Now is the time. To do what? Spend the time. Hear me, hear me, hear me, hear me. I was sharing with EJ this week. Hear me. I said, I said, you have to learn to do what Paul told Timothy in 1 Timothy 4.13. He said, until I come, give attendance to what? Reading. I said, son, you cannot escape reading. There is nothing like I don't like reading. People who say that are people who are unlearned. Because the Bible came in a book to read. Can, 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 I, can, you say, can, can I get that? I said, you have to get away from, well, I don't like reading. I prefer listening. When Jesus came, he didn't give us nothing on a CD, nothing on a DVD. And listen to me. Hear me, hear me, Clef. Let me clarify. Part of it is because we are not humble. We want to do things our own way. It came in a book, but I don't want you on a book. I want to multitask and so on, so multitask. Have you seen multitask in the Bible? Yeah, I want to learn and read. Yes, I can do. Whatever you do after reading, that's gravy. Let me say it again. Whatever you do after you discipline yourself. Hmm? You know why I know that? You know how I know that? Wood? You want to know how I know that, Elder? In 1997, I was at Farmy. All my scholarship headed south. I lost everything. Lost everything. Lost everything. And I recognized I'm in trouble. And I began to shake. I was a Christian, loved the Lord. I said, hey, I came here to get a degree. And all my scholarships headed south. I, have no, I knocked on every door. Elder, I begged at FAMU. You hear me? I, can you please help me? I need a scholarship. At least can you give me part of a scholarship? My GPA was 3.94. And still couldn't get a scholarship. Do you hear me? I can show it to you. Still at the house. I still look at it. 
And sometimes when I get discouraged, I show it to God. I say, that's where I was. I'm telling you, I'm being for real. And I knocked on every door. And when I realized, when I was rejected, Eric, I was at SBI on the East Wing in the parking lot. You know that part that faces trio. You know that area? You have one issue, you have trio. Well, some of you, you'll check it out this afternoon. <laughs> but I was in that parking lot and it was raining one night. And I was crying convulsively, holding the steering wheel because my dreams was taken from me. And somewhere in the rain, I heard, only one thing is needful. One thing is needful. And I say, excuse me, is somebody in the car? <laughs> Elbrand, I've been a Christian for years. It took me two weeks to find out where that scripture was. Are you hearing me, Pastor Webb? Two weeks. I said, I am not calling nobody to help me find it. I said, I'm going to read until I find it. I found it in Luke 10, 42, where Jesus told Mary, sit at my feet. Only one thing is needful. One thing is needful. My life changed. I decided to go. I, God told me then, go to the library. The same, you like to study, right? <laughs> Jesus, he said, that's all you do, study. Go to the library and put your Bible in a bag because I know you're ashamed of it. And behave like you're going to study. I would go downstairs and burn through reading and studying. And what I would do, Elder Brenda, I would have my Bible down and my accountant, my accounting book in front of it. So if my friends come, I just hide my Bible. Shamed. That's how I know it works. And that's how I know it doesn't matter what shortcut, what shortcut you take. It will not work for you because God is no respect of persons. You got to put your time in. I know that. It doesn't matter. Look, it doesn't. It doesn't matter how you try to shout and be smart. That doesn't work. People cease through that stuff. And you lose respect. Lose people's respect. They know you're faking it. So, in answering the question, sorry for shouting. My apologies. I'm so convinced. Because I've, I'm not telling you what somebody else tell me. I've lived it. We'll look at the rest next week. I'll show you what dead faith is. And then finally, I'm going to take the benediction. Number six, 24-25. And I'm going to that word bless. When God told Aaron, and what, hear me, what God did, he told Aaron, I need you to stand before the Israel facing them and lift your hands. And then pronounce it on them. Pronounce it on them. Let me ask you a question. Let me, listen to me. Do you think God was able to provide protection for his children through the wilderness? Yes. 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 Do you think God was able to provide food for them through the wilderness? Yes. Then why did he still tell Aaron, I need you to say? We'll look at it next week. Pastor Webb, I'm sharing something. I'm sharing something with you, saints. Amen. That will change your life in 2024. Because there is still a need to say. And if, you can, if you're not saying it with full conviction, you're faking it. It will not work. You got to humble yourself and do what the word says to do. It is too late. Paul told Timothy, until I come, give attendance to reading. You cannot get knowledge and understanding without reading. 
It's impossible. We, we, we forget the little things. We want to do big things. And we omit to do the little things. Things like seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Oh, we want all these things because we believe we can just name it and just call it. Yeah. And we forget seek ye first. You see? And for years we've been doing that because we see somebody on the pulpit and we want to aspire to be like them. Look, I want to be like Jesus. That is all. No man, no woman. I thank Paul for telling me. Paul said, follow me as I follow Jesus. I said, Paul, thank you, but I'm following Jesus. Yes. Yeah. Are you getting what I'm saying? Since look, until you get that way, Christianity will not work. You will be wasting your time. You'll get discouraged. You've got to be all in because Jesus gave his all. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. Hallelujah. Did Jesus give his all? Yes. And so this is what Jesus did. You see how Aaron lifted his hands and blessed the people. The same thing Jesus did when he was going to heaven. The Bible says he lifted his hands and he began to defy gravity. And he began to say, the Lord bless you. Uh, I cannot wait for us to start saying that, Pastor Webb. Because I know it's going to change your lives. Lord, we thank you for your word. Can you give the Lord a thank you? Father, we thank you. Please take time to meditate on the word and let it sink into your heart and soul and mind today. Knowing that the Christian who meditates on the word will be like a tree planted by the water, bringing forth fruit in its season and prospering in all that he does. But what if you aren't a Christian today? What if you don't know if you're bound for heaven as a forgiven child of God? If that's you, then let's take care of it right now if you're ready. Do you believe that Jesus died for your sins? Are you ready to be forgiven of your sins and washed clean and made new? Are you ready to begin your new life in Christ? Then turn to God right now and say, Lord, I love you. I need you. I repent of my sins. Lord, please forgive me and wash me clean. I receive your forgiveness right now as I put my faith in Jesus as my Savior. God, please lead me and teach me and show me how to live from now on. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. And if you're looking for a good church family, you'll be welcomed with open arms at Imitators of God Ministries, Colossal Vivacious Church in Tallahassee, located at 4750 Capital Circle Southeast near Tram Road. Sunday school begins for all ages at 10 a.m. and the morning service begins at 11. And the Wednesday evening service begins at 7. This is a life-giving, multicultural, multi-generational church where people of all races, backgrounds, and walks of life come together to worship, to be inspired in their love for God, to develop relationships, and to be empowered to live out God's purpose for their lives. Find more information on their website, imitatorsofgodministries.com, or call the church, 850-408-8496.